On today's episode of Locked on Lightning, I have Seth Kushner from The Block Party, the official podcast of Tampa Bay Lightning, on today to discuss the expansion draft, the recent playoff run, all that fun stuff we, we go into. And uh, yeah, great to have him on. Uh, and don't forget to like and subscribe to this podcast. Please give us a follow wherever the lightning i mean wherever this show is available as you can see i'm already already in the mood to talk about the lightning today i'm I'm already i got a lot to dive into and we also announce what the giveaway is we have a new giveaway coming out uh earlier on the season we did alex Kalorn. we gave away a signed alex Kalorn stanley cup final champion uh puck so we'll be giving away something else like that uh soon so you have to listen in towards the end of the episode to find out what it is um, so keep in mind all of that. And then as well as I talk about what the Lightning could do, um, or at least keep in mind, because we have no idea what the expansion draft's going to do, what, what's going to happen with that, who's going to get taken. Most likely, fingers crossed, it's going to be Andre Palat, but I think they're going to take Yanni Gord. Uh, hopefully not, though. Uh, we talk about that, and I, I allude to possibly the Lightning... Um, Re- reuniting with an old player of theirs so all that and more in today's episode so let's play that music What's going on, everybody? Happy Tuesday. Hope everybody's having a great week. On today's episode, like I said at the top of the show, before we played that music, we have Seth Kushner from Lightning Block Party on the show today to discuss recent cup runs, where this team is in NHL history, you know, over the last, I guess we could say 20 years, because, you know, if you're if you're talking about where this team ranks all time, then that's a whole, that's like a four-part episode kind of thing that you know i think we could dive into at some point in this off season but we have headlines and storylines that we need to get to and we have business that we need to attend to as well lightning half the expansion draft coming up in a couple of days so well yet yeah, tomorrow actually so um we seth and i talk about that as well um and we also are going to announce a new giveaway that we're doing so make sure to listen to towards the end of the episode and follow the instructions on social media. I will also reiterate them um, as we go along, but definitely do that as well. Don't want to miss out on this, uh, this giveaway. This is, you know, the last giveaway we did just to kind of put in perspective. Uh, we did a raffle, I guess you could call it for a signed autographed, verified, authentic Alex Kalorn signed Stanley cup puck. Uh, that was a great giveaway. Uh, the enthusiasm you guys showed towards that was fantastic, and I hope you bring this up same effort. Actually, you know what? I don't hope. I know because you guys bring it harder than anybody else does out of all the fan bases in the NHL. So before we get into the conversation with Seth, let's talk about one of today's sponsors, and that is rockauto.com. 
rockauto.com. The best thing about rockauto.com is that you can save time and money when using rockauto.com. Why choose to spend 30, 50, and even 100% more for the same parts for your chain store or car dealership? Rockauto is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. Rockauto prices are reliably low for every customer. They have everything you need from brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Go explore their easy-to-use website and find the solution to your auto parts needs. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right, locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you amazing selection reliably low prices all the parts your car will ever need rockauto.com and we are back uh we're gonna bring seth on in just a little bit but yeah um it's gonna be interesting to see how the expansion draft rounds up i was talking with locked on rangers host john chick for a crossover earlier today about that how you know uh, for maybe some of you new listeners, uh, back in the day, I used to work at NHL.com alongside Locked On Rangers host John Chick. So we know how crazy it is. We were there when the Golden Knights had their expansion draft. So we know how crazy it is and how unpredictable the draft is. You know, we could be stressing right now about how the Lightning are going to lose Yanni Gord because I think the general consensus, and I believe, you know, if, if you're not in agreement, then you haven't watched enough hockey games over the last two years especially to know what kind of player Yanni Gord is not saying that Andre Palat is lesser of a player but Yanni Gord has really blossomed into a fantastic hockey player uh, he is what I like to call and I've been using this term quite a bit lately as that he is a Swiss Army Knife player he's one of those players where he's so dynamic he could do a ton of things for you and whatever you ask for him if you need to go out if he if you need him to go out there and play physical he could do that if you need him to go out there and score goals and generate offense he could do that uh he could do whatever you need him to do if he could even fight now and then even though you don't he's not one of the biggest guys on the ice so you really don't want him fighting but he's still a fantastic player and before we talk with seth i also just want to mention because i didn't get a chance to mention this on yesterday's episode but uh, for those of you who've maybe missed, uh, the, the Lightning made a deal this past week with the New York Rangers, and that's why I was talking with John Chick, is they made a deal. Uh, they exchanged Barkley Goodrow for a 2022 seventh-round pick, which, you know, I in my opinion, I believe the Lightning could have asked for a little bit more. I would have been more happier if they got a sixth. Uh, I don't think the the Rangers were willing to go higher than a seventh. Um, I think what it really came down to as well and what the scenario and the situation is going to happen with uh, some of these players on this team, especially Blake Coleman, uh, is that the Lightning don't have the room. They don't have the room to dish out the money. And why? Because they're going to have to pay Barkley Goodrow. They were going to have to pay him. There's no doubt about it. But... And so why not at least get some assets in the Lightning? And I've said it multiple times on this show, are in desperate need for some draft picks. So, and I, we get into that with uh, Seth as well. So without further ado, here's my discussion with Seth Kushner of Lightning Block Party. So we'll be kind of continuing what we've been doing over the past couple of weeks, just been discussing the Lightning repeating as Stanley Cup champions. Uh, and here on today's show to... Further that conversation with me is Seth Kushner from the Block Party Podcast, the official podcast of the Tampa Bay Lightning. Seth, thanks for joining us on today's show. How are you doing? 
Thanks for having me, Adam. I just want to let you know, I do not do every podcast I'm invited on. So there was something about your message that drew me in. So thank you. <laughs> I really appreciate you taking the time. And so, yeah, on today's show, we're, like I just stated, we're going to talk about the season playoffs and then obviously the unprotected list that was dropped uh, yesterday. We're recording this on Monday, the 19th. So why don't we step, take a step back? Uh, expectations are off the bat for this season. I, on, on, on Locked on Lightning here, um, what we do is we, we hope for the best and assume the worst, regardless of okay. what the, the previous outcomes were. Uh, so for us here on Lockdown Lightning, we were basically assuming that the Lightning were going to get close, but not close enough to repeating. So probably an Eastern Conference finals appearance, and that's probably it. So what were your expectations on this team coming into this season? Well, it's funny because, you know, now that I'm reflecting on it, I don't think I had expectations. Now, if you want to talk about my expectations before last season, they were to win the Stanley Cup, or I thought that, you know, they were going to have to break the team up or get rid of Cooper or something. I thought that there was a lot riding on the line when they won it in the bubble. So because they won the Stanley Cup, I was just kind of going into this year, you know, Kucherov not playing for the whole season, but having Stamkos, um, I just kind of took it game by game. I mean, I didn't think that this team's definitely going to repeat. I, I never even thought about repeating until probably halfway through the season because it's so hard to win a Stanley Cup. So to put yourself in a position to go, we're just going to do it again. I wasn't there, mostly because also I was only watching the Lightning's division this year. I didn't know what was going on with the Canadian division or, or Colorado or Connor McDavid. Like I wasn't watching a lot of these guys play. So it was more just like, I know I want to make sure that the Lightning are good enough to win another Stanley Cup and then they can beat anybody. And I kind of saw that throughout the year. And then they really turned it up in the playoffs with their defense. So, you know, I, di I didn't have expectations. Um, I, I just was so happy they got their monkey off the back in the bubble year by winning the cup that I was just, I was happy no matter what. And what was your, I, what, what was your state of mind afterwards? Cause there was a good enough amount of criticism to where I spoke about it on this show as well, is that a lot of people after winning the cup in the bubble, a lot of people were saying, Oh, this isn't a legitimate championship, but you know what? A championship is a championship, regardless of what, you know, the, the standards are to be met. I mean, even Gary Bettman, who is probably one of the most controversial figures in the game of hockey today, even said that this was probably one of the toughest cups to win. Uh, are, are you in that boat as well? I assume. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I would put myself in that boat before I even knew what was happening. And yeah. I, I, I have, I have mental health issues. So if you're talking about these guys couldn't see their families, couldn't go anywhere, had to sit in a room, think they get done with hockey, then they just have to sit in the room till they play hockey again. And like people don't understand that takes a toll on you. It takes a toll being away. So then I talked to guys this year, Barkley Goodrow. I talked to Brian Boyle, uh, you know, Goodrow was there. He addressed it. Somebody called him out on Twitter saying it was a Mickey Mouse cup. Uh, Brian Boyle went off. He was on, I think the yeah. Panthers last year, he went off on, on people that said it was an easy cup to win. So um, yeah, I just, I don't think that holds any water. I don't think we take anybody seriously that says that every player, whether they're with the lightning or not knows how hard it was to be in that bubble. You saw Tuka Rask went home. The Capitals got their coach fired because it said they treated it like a vacation. The lighting had to be completely disciplined to, to win that cup last year. And, um, it by far tougher than any other season to win the cup. Yeah, absolutely. And that speaks to the leadership of the core players on this team. Uh, Stamkos, Hedman especially, who was really one of the, the big contributing factors in that cup run last year, uh, ultimately winning the con Smythe as well. And John Cooper. I mean, I, I said on my show Pat, this past week that John Cooper, I think even now, 
regardless if you want to include the repeat or not, is still probably one of the most underrated coaches in the NHL today. And I think probably one of the most underappreciated coaches, considering what has transpired with this team over the last three years. You go from a collapse and then you go to a, a very tough situation with a worldwide pandemic. And, and then you have to and then you have the 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 obstacle to face after that in, in trying to repeat. And, and even then with, with the frequency of the schedule, that is just tough within itself. Um, and, and what, what have you heard from the players since, you know, you do have that, that those, those normal interactions with these players, what have they said about coach Cooper that has really stuck out to you the most? Let's see. I only asked one player, I think this year about coach Cooper. And I just, I asked Tyler Johnson and I said, is coach Cooper any different? And honestly, I don't think a lot of these guys want to talk about their coach because (laughs) they don't, they don't know what they're going to say. It's like a personality interview. So they don't want to say anything that could like get the. So I try to stay away from that. But Tyler Johnson said he's the same guy. I think Cooper isn't going to, maybe he's not going to get the respect around the league and be underrated because people now look at this team and they go, this is a super team. It's got Bazzi, it's got, it's got everybody. And they don't understand, you know, Coop's been here for a long time when we were getting knocked out in the first round, we were getting knocked out in the final, you know, we have to go through this whole thing. So to now see as a complete body of work, see that he's taken this team to three Stanley cups and winning two. I mean, I don't, I, I don't really see how you could, take anything away from this guy at this point but you know that's fine though if if people want to give the players all the credit i i give coop a lot of credit for putting that third line together yeah. i interviewed julian brisewall last week and he said originally he wanted barkley goodrow to play center so you know who knows if, if cooper would have went with that who knows if that third line comes to be so you know i give him a lot of credit for for this team winning two cups yeah i mean it whether Whichever way you look at it, you got to give them credit just for the fact that this team came in, especially in this playoff run, and you saw it in every series, uh, they weren't really against the wall at all, except for game seven in the Islander series. So that really speaks to the preparation that, you know, Cooper had in the practices and, and leading up to these series, just how well the team was prepared to face against these guys. I mean, talent alone, they were still leagues better than most of these teams that they faced, but you still got to chalk it up to the coaching staff as well. And, and kind of just, to go back to, you know, since we kind of mentioned it, the, the frequency of the schedule, um, how much did this weigh heavily on the players throughout the season? I mean, this is uh, this this schedule is crazy. And, you know, it, it's tough to remember what the schedule was like before all this. And, but I mean, like I'm watching the NBA finals now and they're getting like three days in between their games. Yeah. And they were doing I think they even made the guys play a back to back in the bubble last year. I mean, it is yeah. abs- it's insane. These guys I know. Um, they wanted to wrap up the final and they wanted to have the parade and they wanted to go home. They wanted to go back to wherever Pat Maroon wanted to go to St. Louis. Like they want, they were over it. It had been like two straight years of playing hockey, being locked up, you know, things finally started getting loosened up here in about March. And, you know, I think they were ready to just go home and take a real legit break from everything. And, and that's what they're doing right now. Half of them are unprotected. So who knows how they're handling that, but yeah, yeah, I think they're happy to be away from hockey for a little bit. Yeah. And that's true that, you know, it's, that's a good point. You brought up that, that these guys are just kind of looking to unwind. You saw it. I I think I, it kind of stuck out to me when Stamkos posted something like literally the day after with the sun rising up with the cup and you could just see it in his body language as he was just standing there. It was just like a weight was lifted off their shoulders. If maybe like this 10 month track race is finally over and you could just kind of exhale after that. And, and that's what a lot of people don't, and and kind of going back to the legitimacy, legitimacy of this, of this is that, a lot of people don't realize this team won two championships in the span of 10 months while uh, going through COVID protocol 
playing pretty much every other day, dealing with this, this crazy schedule to where you're going, you know, uh, earlier on in the, in the season, I spoke with Pat Maroon just a little bit through Twitter and they were going into that, that series with Columbus. And then he says, you know, we're, we're going to go play Dallas after this, but I don't know. This is when Dallas was having their COVID issues. And, and just like, ha- it's amazing how this team was able to kind of just stick to what they needed to do and just, you know, prepare when they needed to prepare pretty much on the fly. Uh, yeah. Which is- well, I th- yeah. I was going to, I think, I think winning the cup in the situation they wanted in last year, I think that prepared them a lot for this yeah. year because nothing, nothing would be worse. The, remember they were, they were in the bubble the longest with the stars, you know, or I think the stars stayed and they stay in Edmonton the whole time. Yeah. So, so the lightning had to travel and all that stuff. So, um, I felt like that that there's no way to prepare you for a season um, than what they went through last year. So and 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 they showed it. They're ready. Yeah, they were just even some of the younger guys on this team kind of just fell in line. One of the guys that really stuck out to me that really impressed me throughout the season was Ross Colton. You know, he had limited play here and there throughout the regular season, but once the playoffs showed up, he was ready to go, especially in, you know, that, that decisive game in the Stanley cup final scoring that one goal, just his cool, calm, collective presence in front of the net to be able to just tap that in and not get crazy uh, with an open net there. And, and that, that really goes back to the leadership on this team, but who has really impressed you uh, throughout this team throughout the entire season, whether it's someone that came in last year uh, on this show, we talk a lot about Blake Coleman you know, if Blake yeah. Coleman leaves, we're going to be very heartbroken here. So uh, well, he's going to be gone. So Yeah, I know. <laughs> unfortunately, unfortunately, he's going to leave. But he's one of those guys where this team is so the, the depth is crazy. And, and and that's that's the thing that you hate to see, especially when expansion draft and capped issues is that if we're talking about a normal NHL season, you know, not to quote LeBron James when he was with the Heat. But, you know, this team could possibly win not even not three, maybe four, I mean, not in a row, but over the span of maybe seven years, we're talking about a potential dynasty. But I think within the parameters of the what the cap is now, especially since 2004, is it safe to say to call this team a, a dynasty? I would, yeah. I think <laughs> if you look, I mean, I think they might have to, you know, maybe, maybe win another cup at some point down the road for it to be an official dynasty that everybody remembers because they might just think the Lightning won one cup because they won them so close together. I don't know what people are going to (laughs) remember. They might just remember the the sweep with Columbus, but I would say this is a dynasty. I mean, I root for, I root for some Chicago teams, the White Sox and the Bears, and I know how hard it is to win championships. And so the fact that the Lightning are there almost every year um, and when they're not, it's the biggest deal ever. Like when they, when they got dropped by Columbus. So yeah, I think that's a dynasty when you are just in the thick every year. And that's what the lightning have been to, to answer your question. Um, I, I'll just speak on um, some things that impressed me about certain players. Cause I'm impressed by a ton of guys. I, I love Ross Colton. I, I interviewed him. And the thing about him that people aren't are forgetting is that he scored his first game this year. So they were mixing in some guys at the time they called up ABB. He played, then they went with Ross Colton the next game and Ross scored and he kind of ended up, sticking around after that and really gelling with Patty Maroon and and Matthew Joseph. So I thought that was big. I think the way Tyler Johnson handled everything this season, people forget these guys are human beings. And and this guy was put on waivers twice and he still had to go out there and compete. And people were all over him this season. uh, And he showed up during the playoffs. So uh, I'll, I think I want to give credit to Blake Coleman to good row. I mean, they don't, if they, they don't win the cup without those guys. So uh, you have to look at Steven Stamkos who played every single playoff game this year, who, People were on this guy saying that he couldn't do it and that he never did. It. And then he was able to do that. 
you got to give credit to, to Kucherov, who was hurt. You know, he, he didn't just like show up. He was hurt. He had to rehab all year. So, I mean, you can go on and on and on. I mean, Hedman, uh, McDonough playing injured. There's just – it's everything about these guys impresses me, and that's why I'm a fan. So, it's it's hard to whittle it down, but I, I, I just – I love everything about this team. Yeah, I mean, it, from top to bottom, whether, whether it's the, the, the first line or the last defensive pairing, every guy on this team – you saw it. I mean, there was times, you know, on the ice this year where Eric Chernak really didn't do much of anything. And then he, he completely turns it on in the playoffs, which was insane. Uh, and, and yeah, everybody on this team has had a job to do and they did it, which was, you know, and I really think that last year's playoff run really prepped them, like you said, for this playoff run and, and to really kind of shift gears now going forward. Now the Lightning have some very difficult uh, decisions to make. Well, they already made the decisions. Uh, by the time this episode drops, everybody will have known that the protected list came out the other day. Um, they traded Barkley Goodrow to the Rangers for a draft pick. Uh, hate to see him leave, but uh, I was telling – I'm actually up in New York, so and I was telling friends of mine as well that are big Ranger fans that you're going to love Barkley Goodrow. Oh, absolutely. You're gonna, you're gonna How love could you not? You're gonna love him, and and he's gonna he's gonna contribute. He's he's one of those guys where I, I kind of classify him, Blake Coleman, and Mitchell Stevens into the Swiss Army knife uh, players of this team, of especially where Yanni Gord as well. You know, they're those guys where they're they have a certain dynamic to their game to where you ask them to do something, and they're very capable of going out there and doing it. And you've seen them do it before. And Barkley Goodrow is one of those guys. Uh, were you shocked when when you heard the news that he got traded? Or did you think, like, especially with cap issues or, you know, either way where you were going to lose Barkley Goodrow at a certain point? Yeah, I mean, I, I went into this offseason, I went into this year knowing that there was absolutely no way that Coleman was coming back because I think Coleman's going to get paid like a top six guy and he deserves it. Yeah. Um, I think that good row people have seen that he, if you, if you might have that missing piece for a cup, that good rows, it's or good row could be it. And those guys price themselves out of the lightning. And it was great. The, the lightning mortgaged a couple of first round picks and got those guys. I, and I don't think Savard's going to be back whatsoever. He was just a strictly a rental, but that's fine. They were able to get Bogosian last year off the waiver wire for free that they had to give up an asset this year to get Savard. So um, I think those three guys aren't going to be back. I'm, I'm not surprised whatsoever. It, it would be hard for them to retain just a straight free agent. It's great that they got a seventh round pick for good row because they essentially just traded his rights. I mean, he yeah. could, he could sign somewhere else if he wanted to, but I would imagine a deal is probably somewhat in place for them to make that trade. So I'm not I'm not surprised that at any of those guys, I'm not surprised about the list that came out of the guys that are protected. Uh, I had been hearing McDonald was going to get protected. Um, you know, I could go either way on it. I, I I just I trust JBB. I think there's a lot of things that we don't even know is going on behind the scenes. So it's tough for me to go, oh, you should you should have put Kalorn. You should have protected Kalorn or Gord. Like, I don't know. I, I trust I trust JBB and I think they're going to figure this out. So I'm kind of excited to see what happens. I will be devastated if Yanni Gord is taken though. I I'm, I'm hoping that Seattle leaves him alone, but that would be something that that would hurt me. And I think hurt the team. I feel like he's the heart and soul of the lightning. Yeah. And I think that's the general consensus among a lot of lightning fans uh, that I, I, we really don't want to see Yanni go. He really took it. If you thought that, you know, he capped out last season, I mean, this season proved that he was he could be an even bigger piece. Uh, and, and it seems, though, like there might be some hope on the horizon because in some of the mock expansion drafts that I'm seeing around and, and just some of the stuff that's circulating on Twitter, it looks like Seattle's sort of in love with Andre Palat. 
which, you know, regardless, you know, you're still getting a, a, a very good player. Yeah, I read on Twitter last night from Matt Salmon. He, he said that if he were Seattle, he would take Palat because if they wanted to compete, they could they could use Palat. And if they did not, if they fell out of it, they could trade him because he's a free agent and, yeah. you know, get some assets back, which makes sense. And then he said that if he didn't take Palat, he would take Cal Foot since defensemen are so hard to find. Now, I don't know what Seattle's going to do. They they can do whatever they want. I don't think anybody knows. I don't think they're leaking it out. I, these The mock drafts, I don't even read. Somebody had Chernak going uh, in a mock draft, I was like, "Do you not even watch? Like, do you not even watch hockey to know that th- they would never give this guy up?" So uh, I'm not paying too much attention to those. Uh, I'm just gonna wait and see. Uh, I think Cal Foot makes a lot of sense. I think Palat makes a lot of sense. If they wanted an instant captain, they could take Kalorn. If they took a guy like Ross Colton or ABB or you know Matthew Joseph, because they they believe that these guys are gonna be incredibly talented scores, I could see that. So uh, my hope is is that they. They, they take somebody like Palat and we can get the salary off the books and probably slide Sorelli up to that top line. Yeah, that, that'd be great to see Sorelli jump up to that top line just because he he had a tough go of it this year. And you could just see it at certain points of the season. He was just super frustrated trying to and, and it seemed like it, at certain points he was just trying to just to too, just to do too much. And he really came into his own down the stretch, though, that really came in handy for the Lightning. Um, so really you know, with the expansion draft, I don't think they're going to really go towards Kalorn just because you don't know how he's going to be able to come back with it with an injury like the one he had. Uh, I think plot, like you said, is probably more of a safer option just because you have someone that could score. And if you're in it, he, he could contribute a whole ton for you. Uh, so really, you know, what, what is this team looking like next year? Where, you know, they obviously they, they chose to go pretty much the, to, to protect the defensive core. So, where are you really? Where are we seeing with this team next season in terms of you know, maybe their offensive output? Man, you know it's it's really I couldn't even tell you right now. I'm kind of preparing myself for almost like a mini overhaul of the roster. I think whatever Seattle does is not the end of the story for the Lightning. They're going right. to have to make trades. They're going to have to make moves. I think that something that's not talked about a lot, but the lightning have going for them over anybody else is that this is now a destination, not only for the weather, but because this is a winning team. And if hockey is one of those, it's not like any other sport when you're losing in hockey, it's the worst. People want to win a championship in hot. Like you could put up with some losing in baseball or football, or whatever, but you're not putting up a losing in hockey. So they want to win a cup. So th- I think that we're going to see some big name veterans come here, play for cheap, like Pat Maroon did a couple of years ago. Um, But yeah, I'm expecting Coleman, Savard, Goodrow obviously is gone. Um, Palat, I don't know what they do with Gord. And then maybe there's a surprise somewhere else where, you know, maybe they, they just, you know, move some pieces around. But uh, I I think it's definitely going to be maybe five or six new starters next year. Yeah, that's going to be interesting to see how they really gel with each other going into training camp as well as in the regular season. And when I had Jay Feaster on the show a couple of weeks ago, he he told me that he did not envy JBB's job at all whatsoever going into this offseason because uh, we spoke about, you know, this was a day or two right after they won the cup and the parade was only a couple of days away. And we Jay was telling me, you know, JBB is probably enjoying it, but he's probably the wheels are already turning for him because he's like how can i sustain this for next year um but yeah it, it's going to be interesting and and, and i kind of dangled the carrot out on twitter a couple of days ago just to see what people would say and a lot of people are starting to fall in love with the idea that if 
the Lightning could kind of campaign and, and convince Alexander Ovechkin to come here on a veteran's minimum. <laughs> How crazy would a scenario would that be down in Tampa if, if the, you could get the great eight to suit up in blue and white? Yeah, um, I just I was reading about uh, Ovi last night. So uh, I guess that's nice to think about. I, I don't even see what the Capitals, why would they would let that happen at all? Yeah, but I'm interested to see what kind of deal he gets and how much cap space he eats up because he deserves whatever, whatever he's going to get paid. So uh, I, I don't know, that would be that'd be I can't even think about that. It would be too majestic. But uh, yeah, that'd be I think they'd be asking a lot for Ovi to come take the veterans minimum to come play hockey down here. Well, because I'm sure it, I guess the, the only way to kind of convince him to come down is like, well, you know, you come down, you, you take the minimum, we build it, we, we fill in the pieces we need to do. And you get to play with Stamkos, Kucherov, Vasilevsky and Sergachev. And you get to kind of have like a little core Russian four championship squad here if, you know, they three feet. Yeah. Well, listen, if they're not able to recruit o- Ovi, I do know that the Russian connection is obviously strong here. And it's if, yeah. if people want to come play here and, and bomb with those guys. You know, the three of the best in the world. So why not? Yeah. And then the other name that some people were actually kind of excited about the prospect of bringing in was Vladimir Tarasenko. And now there's there's a little bit. Obviously, Vladimir is still very, very young and I, he's probably going to want a lot of money coming here. So obviously, you know, you're not going to convince a guy like that to, to take a minimum. But it, it's one I, I actually floated an idea to my listeners earlier on in the season when uh, there was there was rumors floating out of Chicago that the Blackhawks were sellers. And I said, I don't care what it takes as long as we don't lose core guys. Let's go after Patrick Kane. Why not until Kucherov comes back? And, and that would have probably caused a bigger a bigger uh, stream of noise coming out with the 18 million over the cap thing. Uh, I, how hilarious was that? Because it, it seemed like before every game, the opposing fan base was like, well, you only won that because of, you know, Kucherov being over 18 million over the cap and all that stuff. And it, it, it it's funny to see things like that. And even Kucherov has embraced it now. Yeah. I think that really, I mean, I guess you could be upset. I, you know, Greg Wyshynski from ESPN said, your team sucks. Like your team doesn't have have the talent stockpile that the Lightning do that they can, you know, go make the playoffs in this type of season without their best player, one of their best players. And then he comes back and he's full, you know, he looks like he's full strength and what? That's that's like our fault. Like I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say sorry for the the talent that the Lightning have stockpiled over the years and the heartbreak that yeah. everybody through the organization and the fans have been through. So uh, JBB has a great understanding of the rules, and if the NHL wants to look at that rule and change it, that's fine. But yeah. it was a fully legal thing. Everybody investigated it, and it just you know I, I don't understand how money, you know. Uh, translates the championship. Yeah. So I, I don't think just because they're 18 million over, I don't think that means that they win the cup. A lot has to go into it. And I watched these guys play this year, uh, but that's just, you know, that's just people. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And, and, and the Blackhawks won a championship like that. A lot of people don't remember that. And, and so, you know, it, I guess, Against you know, it, us. exactly. So it, yeah. it's, it's one of those things that's funny, but Seth, Thank you for doing this. This was great. We hope to have you on soon, uh, maybe closer to once the season starts up. And yeah, yeah. Uh, crazy I'd, to see how to, the next. I'd love to do it. Yeah. And if um, if Yanni Gore gets taken, I'm going to need a support group. So yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe <laughs> yeah, we might after the tough times. Absolutely. We might have to have a joint lightning support group for Yanni leaving. So Man. thanks a lot. Thanks to Seth coming on, uh, taking time out of his certainly busy schedule to to come on here and talk about lightning hockey we hope to have him on back soon 
possibly in the coming months, uh, probably definitely before the, the regular season starts up, probably around training camp. Uh, so we're going to wrap things up. Well, not wrap things up. We're going to, yeah, we're going to wrap things up with a little uh, conversation uh, uh, about, you know, the Lightning possibly uh, reuniting with an old face of theirs, an old player, uh, possibly in this offseason, as well as talk about the souvenir giveaway that we'll be having. But first, let's get to one of today's sponsors, the last one. And that is betonline.ag. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing, and you can track all the action at BetOnline. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and all your UFC, MMA action before the next pitch. Head on over to BetOnline on your laptop or mobile device. That's how easy it is. You could do this on your phone. Check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Head to the website or use your phone to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use the promo code Locked On. That's a 50% welcome bonus when you sign up and you on your first deposit and use the promo code Locked On. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. And we're back to kind of wrap things up on the show today. So before we get into the conversation uh, about the Lightning, you know, reuniting when it with a new face or an old face, excuse me. Uh, let's talk about the the contest information because that's probably all of you held on to this entire episode. Uh, so basically, our new giveaway will be a certified Vinny LeCavier Tampa Bay Lightning signed puck. Uh, the only way to be uh, qualified and able to be in the running to get this will be you need to follow the Locked On Lightning uh, Twitter account at LO underscore Lightning. And you also need to follow me at uh, Danky Dank, D-E-N-K-Y-D-8 and K. That is D-E-N-K-Y-D-8 and K. You got to follow both the accounts to be eligible to receive, to be in the whole raffle. And then we'll probably be doing this for a couple weeks or so. We'll, 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 we'll definitely, I don't know why I can't get words out at the end of the show, but we'll, we'll definitely give you updates as to uh, when we'll be wrapping things up. So definitely stay in contention for that. And the easiest way, the best way to do it as well as when we put out the information too, you tweet someone. You retweet it and you tag one of your friends in it, and then you know they could follow the show too. So that's kind of an entry for them as well as another entry for you. So keep that in mind as well. Um, yeah, super excited to do this giveaway. You, it was a great response when we did the Alex Kalorn giveaway uh, a couple of months back. So yeah, that's the the souvenir giveaway for this off season kind of a little contest. Uh, can't wait to see. The outcome that you guys uh the the outpouring of uh, enthusiasm that you guys always bring so to kind of wrap things up very briefly and we'll talk about this a lot more on probably tomorrow or thursday's episode we're only down to three episodes now but that doesn't mean we have to do three episodes because we're in off season i would like to do as many as i want to i think i'm going to do more than three a week uh try to shoot for that at least um so the Lightning have a lot of tough decisions to make. And obviously, Barkley Goodrow's gone. I stated during the show, as well as my conversation with Seth, we both said the likelihood of Blake Coleman coming back is very slim to none. The Lightning just simply can't afford it. And it would be almost a disservice to Blake to ask him to take less money than for what he's valued at. That is five 
I would say almost five and a half AAV a year. Blake played his butt off the last couple of seasons and definitely deserves to get paid. Now, the Lightning have to fill in some spots here and there. Now, either, you know, as it, so with this, it, it with the with the lines look like you would have, you know, if Seattle were to take Palat, then you, you have an open wing space with Point and Kutrov on the first line. That second line is going to be Colton, Sorelli, and Stamkos. And then the third line, if Gord is taken away, um, if Gord is drafted, and then what? obviously with the recent trade of Barkley Goodrow and then Coleman not coming back, that third line forward position is completely open. And so I've been a big propo- pro- proponent on this show. I can't talk today, guys. I don't know what's with me. Uh, I've been a big advocate on this show for playing the youth guys, the, the young guys, Matthew Joseph, uh, Ross Colton. Um, I wouldn't feel comfortable moving Tyler Johnson up to that third spot to have a veteran on there. But what the Lightning can do, and we'll talk about this more, but I do want to throw this name out to you guys, is you know who's a unrestricted free agent? And I think we could talk him down to possibly, you know, having a cap-friendly contract just for the sake of coming back and winning another cup. That is Cedric Paquette. Now, I, I know, you're jumping for joy. Cedric Paquette would be a great addition and a great signing uh, to come back for the Lightning. He's a veteran. He knows the system of this team. Uh, he gets along well with all these guys. When he got traded, it was it was unfortunate to see him go. But he's if we could if the Lightning could work out a deal, move around some money, which I know JBB can and he has to, then Seti would be a great great readdition to the team, and he could slide in perfectly into that second line, uh, bottom six forward position so that's something that lightning fans as well as i hope the lightning have in in the the back of their minds that that's something that you have someone right there who who already knows the system a lot of the knows a lot of the guys already on the team so that's something to think about Uh, and we'll obviously talk about the logistics of that and the cap situation and if that were able to come to fruition uh throughout the week uh i don't think we're gonna do a show tomorrow just because it's going to be too crazy with the expansion draft news. And then I guess we'll probably try and come back Thursday just because that would probably be a good thing just to kind of review uh, what happened during expansion draft. And then, you know, we could talk about if Palat or Gord got selected and then we could look forward towards the entry draft. So and we'll definitely have a show on the entry draft day as well. Um, the Lightning don't have a draft pick till the third round, but I wouldn't be shocked if they make some trades here and there to possibly move up. I don't know how realistic it is that t- right now, just because we have no idea what's going to have the expansion draft. Um, we're we're talking here right now about you know possibly Palat or Gord. Most likely Palat's going to get selected, but who knows? Kraken could do something and totally turn this whole logic up on its head. So. Uh, in the meantime, give the show a follow at L underscore lightning on Twitter, locked on underscore lightning on Instagram. Give me a follow on Twitter. Uh, once again, to 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 uh, be eligible for the contest for the Vinny LeCavier autograph puck, 
Um, so go ahead and do that. Uh, both those things as well. Give me a follow. Danky Dank, D-E-N-K-Y-D-A-N-K on Twitter. So that's been it for today's episode of Locked On Lightning, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Adam Danker. I'll talk to you in the next one.